0: August 17th, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 1 through 16. And you Corinthians should follow my, Paul's, example, just as I follow Christ's. I am so glad, dear friends, that you always keep me in your thoughts and you are following the Christian teaching I passed on to you. But there is one thing I want you to know. A man is responsible to Christ. A woman is responsible to her husband and Christ is responsible to God. A man dishonors Christ if he covers his head while praying or prophesying, but a woman dishonors her husband if she prays or prophesies without a covering on her head, for this is the same as shaving her head. Yes, if she refuses to wear a head covering, she should cut off all her hair. And since it is shameful for a woman to have her hair cut or her head shaved, Then she should wear a covering. A man should not wear anything on his head when worshiping, for man is God's glory, made in God's own image. But woman is the glory of man. For the first man didn't come from woman, but the first woman came from man. And man was not made for woman's benefit, but woman was made for man. So a woman should wear a covering on her head as a sign of authority, because the angels are watching. But in relationships among the Lord's people, women are not independent of men, and men are not independent of women. For although the first woman came from man, all men have been born from women ever since, and everything comes from God. What do you think about this? Is it right for a woman to pray to God in public without covering her head? Isn't it obvious that it's disgraceful for a man to have long hair? And isn't it obvious that long hair is a woman's pride and joy? For it has been given to her as a covering. But if anyone wants to argue about this, all I can say is that we have no other custom than this, and all the churches of God feel the same way about it.
1: If you come to this altar this morning, I'm going to ask you to come for one thing, because all I know about an altar is for two things. Then or in the Old Testament, for sacrifice and for death. I could take you to the place where I knelt once when I was about eighteen. Considered to be the youth leader of the church, and we'd seen some souls saved. I got the youth to meet on a Friday night at seven o'clock, we prayed till nine, I got them to preach to to, to meet at six o'clock Sunday morning and, and we prayed. I went out in the wood forest and prayed by myself weep and groan because I'd read David Brainerd. He did it and I didn't know any better and I'm glad I did it. I'm not embarrassed. Nobody else showed me a pattern. I sometimes think God sent me back to America for what I learned out of that one brief abridged book of David Brainerd. a man that died at 28 years of age burned out for God, broken, weeping. The altar is for sacrifice. It's not cheapen it. The altar is for death, and then when we die, we rise again in newness of life. When the priest was anointed in the, what, Psalm 133, the oil, which is a continuous symbol of the Holy Ghost in Scripture, the oil was put upon his head, and it ran down his face, no, no, it ran down his beard, and it ran off his beard onto his garments, and it ran off his garments onto the floor, it never touched the flesh. If you read about the 25th chapter there of Exodus, it says the anointing shall not come upon the flesh. If you anoint the flesh you'll be cursed. There's so much flesh today. So much of me, a self, of self-pity, self-interest, self-glory. I say if you come to this altar, come to die. Tell God I'm going to lose all my rights this morning. Tell him you'd rather live six months with the anointing of the Holy Ghost than another 60 years without it. Tell him you pledge your hands and your feet and your mind, all you know and all you don't know. Bring that wretched pride that's always getting at you. That envy that's eating you up. That jealousy that mars you, that temper. Don't ask for help, ask God to nail it to the cross.